Well, again, welcome everybody, and uh, thanks for joining us here at Grace Online and uh, for making, making being together a priority. And I'm grateful for that. You know, it, it's, we're out of our rhythms and we're out of sync a little bit. So for you to take the time uh, to make sure you're with your church family or that you're taking some time to hear from God, I think is a phenomenal thing. So thank you for gathering and for, for doing that. Uh, this, is, this is the time that, uh, that we interact and worship together and hear from God's word. And right now, uh, we're doing this online and been doing that for the last seven or eight weeks. But I am really looking forward to the weekend of June 13th and 14th, uh, when Grace will begin to gather again in person. And uh, mark that on your calendar. If you uh, feel like you're ready and it's safe for you to, to be out and to be with other people, uh, that's the weekend that we have marked down that we're going to have weekend services live and in person again. And I just want to remind you again that if you're not there yet, if you have an underlying health condition or a concern, the online experience isn't going to change. We're going to keep our online efforts kind of at full steam uh, for the foreseeable future. So don't feel like you're going to miss out on anything or be excluded in any way. Uh, we want you to continue to participate and know that we love you and want to minister to you. But if you're saying, I got to be around people and kind of get back into the flow of life again, we're going to fire up those in-person services with all the protocols and I really look forward to seeing you guys and connecting with you that way. Uh, we're in a series that we call The Next Little Thing, and we're asking this question, uh, what if the next big thing for us is actually a little thing? And what if God, instead of saying, let's redo everything, what if he's saying, why don't we just take the next step of faith and the next step of obedience and the next step of trust, and, and why don't we move through this, uh, this crisis and this time of history together that way. As I was thinking about that and thinking about our conversation this weekend, I, I was kind of dialing in a little bit to, to where we're at and kind of where we're at in our minds and where we're at as a culture and, and kind of the, the new paradigm that, that's starting to shift into gear is, is this, this reopening paradigm, right? So knowing that we're, we're not going back to quote unquote normal, but we are having a different freedom and we are having the opportunities to kind of get out and be with each other again and again. And as we go through this reopening paradigm, if you're like my family, we're also looking at kind of our lives and asking the question, well, what part of our lives are we going to reopen? You know, we kind of had everything shut down and didn't have a choice in it. And now more and more choices are coming online. More and more decisions are able to be made. So what are we going to add back into our life? And what might we keep out of our lives? What, what, what's been kind of an upside to this? Where God allowed something to be removed from our life and we don't really miss it or don't value it as much as we did. Or maybe God allows something to be removed from our lives and we would look and say, man, that's the first thing that I, I hope I'm able to do again or to put back in again. And that process 
of bringing things into our life and removing things from our life is actually a spiritual process. It's not just because of quarantines and COVID-19. It's because we have a sovereign God who is moving us through the path of history that he has chosen for us. We've sought to be faithful. We sought to persevere. We sought the long suffering. We've, we've sought all of that. And now we're coming into a phase of it where we have some choices. And those choices need to be spiritual choices, not just return to normal choices, not just old habit choices, but spiritual choices, thinking through, praying through, God, you took it out. Therefore, the question is, God, do you want it back in? And can you lead me and help me through that process? If you got a Bible, grab it. I want to show you something in the book of John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And you've got notes on the app and on the, uh, uh, along the website there if you want to use those. But look at your Bible. We're going to dig at a few verses here this weekend in a unique way and get our head around this process of God taking out and God adding back in and try to understand why he does that and how he does that and how we can lock into it. So John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus is talking and he uses a metaphor here and he uses the metaphor of the vine and the branches, the vine and the branches. So he says this in the first few verses. He says, I am the true vine. He's talking about himself. So Jesus is the true vine. My father is the gardener, right? So the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus would say, I am the vine. I am the source of life. I'm the root. I'm the anchor. My father is the gardener. My father is crafting the vine and moving the vine, kind of designing the flow of history, we might say. I'm the vine. My father's the gardener. Here it is. Ready? Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So it's this idea of a gardener. If you think of a pair of snips, if you've ever gardened, if you've ever pruned roses or a tree or kind of anything. So he cuts off or he prunes every branch in me that bears no fruit. So people who would say, I'm connected to Jesus, but the heart, the mind, the life, the work of Jesus never shows up in their life in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. Uh, instead of being a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Hindu, I'm a Christian. But there's no life change. There's no passion. There's no love for your neighbor. And the Bible, Jesus is saying, my father cuts that person off. He'll cause a separation so that the, the vine stays true. So he cuts off every branch that does, not bear, that does not bear fruit. And then he says this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And Jesus takes this metaphor and he leans into it and he talks about a couple of things. He says, my, my father cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Let me show you this. 
These are Jesus' words in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. We just read them, but let's look at them and dig at them a little bit. Here he is. I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. If you were watching this all play out, kind of in the ancient world, in an orchard or a vineyard, you would see the gardener going through the vineyard, cutting off branches that are useless or, so to say, foreign. And that gardener would cut those branches off. There'd be a a big burn pile over there, and he would take those dead branches or false branches or useless branches, and he would throw them in that burn pile and just destroy them. They have no value. So Jesus says that happens, and that's kind of a big conversation, maybe for another day, but that happens. But then Jesus goes on and he says this, this is what I want to focus on, branches that in me that bear no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. See, this, this, is, a, this is another action that's, being hap- that's happening from the gardener where he's going through and he sees branches that have fruit on them, grapes on them. And the gardener is not just lopping those branches off and throwing them away. He's pruning those branches. He's, he's doing a fine-tuned work, right? He's pruning them. He's crafting them. He's molding them. They do bear fruit. They are true to the vine. They belong there. They're not useless. They're actually very valuable. Why is he pruning them? I'm going to prune every branch that, that, that bears fruit. I'm going to prune so that it will be even more fruitful. So the gardener is looking and saying, if I prune this, and I get the, the offshoots that are not super valuable off of it. And if I prune this and where the vine is getting distracted or off course so the way, if I pull it back, what I'm going to do is increase its fruitfulness. And the act of pruning is not a punishment. It's not a condemnation. It's not a negative thing. It's actually an act of love. I would look at this branch and I would look and say, it's valuable. I believe it can be even more valuable, more fruitful. And the process for me getting that to happen is to prune it. And if I prune it and I I pull out the parts of that branch that are unnecessary, Not that are sinful or wrong or evil, just unnecessary. This isn't a branch that we cut off and throw into a burn pile. This is a fruitful branch, a branch that is alive, a branch that has the DNA of the vine flowing through it, but it's a cluttered branch. It's a distracted branch. It has a bunch of unnecessary things on it. I'm going to prune it, right? So that it will be more fruitful. Now, when you think about that process, of course, this is a metaphor with a spiritual analogy. When you think about that process of pruning, pruning in and of itself is actually a very violent process, right? 
I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pair of clippers or a saw and I'm going to rip it through part of that branch. It feels very violent and destructive on the outside. When in reality, pruning is a surgical procedure. I was thinking about this. If you think about a surgery, surgery outside of its context is a very barbaric thing, right? If I just started describing surgery to you and I said, um, yeah, what surgery is, is this guy or this, or this girl, this doctor, they're going to put a mask on. And while you're sleeping, they're going to take a steel blade and cut you open and remove something from you while you're asleep. I mean, you won't even really know what's happening. And then they're going to take something out and then they're going to kind of stitch you back up and wake you up, right? If I describe surgery that way, surgery is actually a very violent thing that happens to us. What makes surgery a gift is the heart and the purpose of the surgeon. When I look and say, I need life-saving surgery, and the surgeon comes to me and says, my life's work, my purpose in life is to save lives. That's why I studied all these gazillion years to become a surgeon, because I want to save lives. And that being my heart, there's a purpose to this surgery. If I don't cut your body and remove your appendix, it will burst and you will die. So I'm going to perform a violent action for all the right reasons and you can trust my heart. I'm actually doing this because I've dedicated my life to saving yours. Suddenly surgery makes sense, right? The violent action makes sense. The taking out of me, something that's mine, makes sense because I, I can understand the purpose of it. When Jesus comes in here and he says, guys, I, I want you to understand the, the purpose of what God is doing. I want you to understand that he is, he's pruning you. You are bearing fruit. This pruning is not a punishment. You are in the vine. The life of the vine is flowing through the branch. The DNA of the vine is throwing through the branch. This is not the gardener cutting off something that's useless. This is the gardener bringing purpose and heart to something so that it can be more fruitful. Pruning is not an attack. Pruning is a gift. And as a Christ follower... And I'll say this, even if you're not a Christ follower, when you look at the things that God has allowed to be taken out of your life, maybe that's not punishment from a God that you're not following yet. Maybe that's a loving beckoning from a God that you're not aware of yet. If you are a Christ follower, 
Maybe God taking things out of your life is not because he's had enough or you overdid it, because you're bearing fruit. Maybe it's God looking and saying, actually, I have more and more for you. I have more that I want to give you. And this, this process feels difficult. But in reality, if you trust my heart and you understand my purpose, you would welcome the process, right? So much of what's happened in our lives in the last eight or nine weeks has been pruning, right? Where, where God has allowed different things to be pulled out of our lives. Things that are not necessarily sinful. Sports isn't sinful. School isn't sinful. Going to the mall isn't sinful. Being at the movies isn't sinful. It's not that God is punishing his people or even pronouncing judgment on the planet. But the things that have been poured out of our lives are things in which God would look and say, are you sure this is necessary? Are you sure this is good? Is this praiseworthy? Is this admirable? Is this noble? Are these the things that need to be in your life? What if we pruned it and allowed you to look and say, is there a way that I could be more fruitful? I want to, let me, let me try to illustrate this for you this way. I want you to, to kind of look at these elements. I just kind of put this cheesy little illustration together for us to see this a little bit. But let's think in, in this way. Let's think of this dark liquid as God. Let's think of this cup as our life. And let's think of these ice cubes as like the things that we would put in and out of our life, right? So in my life, I have my job. In my life, I have like my school. In my life, I have my, my hobbies. I have, the, I have my sports leagues. I got track, baseball. I, I've got like run around with my, my friends. I've got the trip that I was gonna take. And, and I've got just these different elements of, of busyness and, and things that we just fill our life up with, right? Now, none of these things, nothing I just said is sinful. That's not the point. This isn't God looking and saying, this is sinful, it bears no fruit, cut it off. Because for the sake of our illustration, let's just assume that like you have a great testimony on your lacrosse team. Uh, let's just assume that like uh, dance class, you're, you're bringing your friends to church with you and sharing Jesus with them. Let, let's just assume that you, you really care about the, the people that you work in your office with. So there's fruit being born from the things that you fill your life up with. It's not devoid of fruit, right? But it's full of stuff. And for most of us, what we do is this. We fill our life up with stuff, but we love Christ or we want to follow Christ. So what we're willing to do is we're willing to add Christ to the stuff that we have in our lives. I would look and I would say, okay, I'm going to try to redeem the things in my life. I got a lot going on, but I, I 
really do try to make it the church or merge or collective. And, and, I, and I, at a minimum, I watch it online or listen to the podcast, right? But I'm busy, busy, busy. But I'm not devoid of God. I just have this much space to do God stuff with. What has happened over the last eight or nine weeks is God has started to prune, right? So God has said, you know what? School's done. God says, you got you to work from home. God says, there's no baseball this year. God says, you know what? That trip you're going to take, you're not going to be able to take it. God says, you know what? Dance class, we're just not going to be able to do dance class. You know? God says, you can't run to the movies. You got you to stay home. God says that the golf league didn't kick off this spring, so now Tuesday nights, you just got to be home with your kids. God says, you know, these hobbies and these things, I am pulling them out of your life. I have pruned your life. Now, I see something. What I have here is not an angry God pulling things out of my life. What I have here, ready? Catch this. Look at me. Catch it. I have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Because usually our life fills up with stuff because it evolves that way. I don't know. I just started bowling, and I just started doing this, and I just got involved in that. I just picked up that other job. It's usually not some big master plan. It's just us participating in culture, being active in whatever, thinking something's interesting, picking up that other commitment to go ahead and be in that golf league. Our life usually evolves. And what has happened in the last eight or nine weeks, and this hardly ever happens to us, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Our life has been pruned and we didn't have to be the bad guy. It wasn't about us saying no or us quitting or us deciding not to do that this year. The, the, the forces of history have come and emptied our life back out. And we have a capacity in life and, ready, a capacity with our relationship with Christ that we've never really had before. We have the opportunity to put more of Christ into our life. It is not that difficult to find time to ring God's word right now. Even what you're doing right now at Grace here, our attendances are through the roof. See, there's more people watching online than would normally like show up in a given weekend. Why? because we're not competing with baseball. We're, we're not competing with soccer. There, there's, there's nothing else to do. We might as well listen to Jeff at church, right? We have this opportunity to fill our lives in ways that we really have not had or have ever thought to have before. And that's not just a historical accident. That is Christ being the gardener, God being the gardener, saying, I see fruit in you. You didn't hate me. You didn't walk away from me. You loved the church. You were volunteering. But boy, you had a ton of other things. But now you don't. I've pulled them back. 
I pruned them back. Why? Because I told you you were supposed to be at church more. You would never do it. So now your leg's broken and you can't. It's not a punishment. It's a pruning. See? Why did I pull those things back? So that you can be more fruitful. How many people get to reset their lives? Not many, except right now. All of us get to reset our lives a little bit. All of us get to think through our priorities in a different way. All of us have a natural out if we don't want to go back to how we were living before. All of us get to decide if the rat race was worth the pace we had to live it at. See? And what's happening right now in our culture is God has pruned us, but now our options have opened back up. You know what the, you know what the, the greatest temptation is to do when God prunes us? The greatest temptation is when God prunes us is for us to try to reach over and grab the branch he just pruned off and graft it back into our lives. Because we want normal, even if normal doesn't make us happy, even if normal is kind of exhausting, we we're so bent to go for what is familiar that we'll try to take even something we didn't like that much and try to weave it back into us because we know, it's, we know how to function in it. We're at the phase of this pandemic where we suddenly have choices. And the choice is going to have to be, what am I going to put back into my life? Because my life has been filled up. And for some of us, it's good. It's peaceful. It's helpful. We've prayed more. We've led our children more. We've interacted spiritually more as a family Good night, just the fact that we're sitting down and watching the service this weekend. And what am I going to do with it? Because suddenly, ready, see how this works? Suddenly, the sports leagues are opening again. And I got three kids. Am I going to put that back into my life? And suddenly, that, that big new business idea I had... I can actually, I'm about ready to be able to act with it. Am I going to put that back into my life? And my, my hobby that I've missed, and I can put that back in, and that thing I was going to do, and that set of relationships that I was tied to, and, and, and then the, the tournament away, and the, the new goal that I was going to have, and the, the thing that I, it got two months delayed, and now, and I'm able now to decide what I want to put back into my life and what I want to keep out of it. And in this process, what can so easily be pushed out is the intimacy with God that I've been experiencing, the intimacy in relationships that I've been experiencing the sharpening of the priorities that I've kind of almost had to live in? Do I want this life back? And way more importantly, does Christ want me to have it back? 
Or did God prune me so that I could be more fruitful? Guys, we have this gift. This gift of, of a reboot. A gift that is not a punishment. It's not a curse. It's not a judgment. It's an opportunity. And we have the gardener whose heart we can trust, whose mind we can trust, and whose purpose is pure. And he has done a work. He's done a work in our lives. And now we have a freedom. We've been praying for one. God, the, the stay-at-home orders, a, would you heal, would you help, would you change? And the answer now is yes, 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 yes. And now we have choices. What will we do with the parts of the branch that were pruned? Will we use this opportunity to allow more spiritual fruit to be produced? Or will we reach for those bits and pieces of branches and just try to graft them back into our lives? I think a loving God has given us a wonderful opportunity. And I think that as we think through that opportunity, we have some decisions to make. Because that call's coming again, right? Hey, are you going to play this year? Hey, are you going to sign back up? Hey, are you going to pick up all those extra? Hey, are you going to let your kids be involved with? Hey, are we going to go ahead and... See. And what I would encourage us, challenge us, plead with us to do is to take each one of these little opportunities and evaluate them. It's not that they're sin. We're not evaluating them on whether they're right or wrong. That is an in or out. And if it's wrong, it should be out. Remember, it bore some fruit. We're evaluating it on a value system. What's more valuable? Is, is it more valuable that my kids study the Bible on a regular basis for the last nine weeks because we sit down and went to church together or that they play soccer. And we're never there for the season because you know it's baseball season and that's 12 weeks out of our life. It is the, the time at home with the children and with the family, the family game night, the dinners around the table, is it more important or valuable that your kid's father is close to them or that their coach and their friends are close to them? The pausing of the constant activity it, it, with your friends, were those, were those times together playing avocado smash and, and risk? And, were those times together more precious than all of the constantly moving activities because you're afraid you may miss out on a better option. And your time with God, see, where are you at spiritually? What's God done? 
the opportunity to think, to be still, to be engrossed in God's word, to be empowered with, the, with courage and faith. Why does that have to go? How can that be acted on? What things would I build back into my life to be more fruitful? Are we just going to go back to normal? Or are we going to look forward to what's ahead, forgetting what's behind, and press on to this wonderful thing that God has for us and take advantage of this opportunity God's given us? As we awaken from the coronavirus as a culture, I want us to do that with Christ at the center of it. Not just back in action, but maybe redirected right in the middle to the heart and the mind of God. Right? He prunes us so we are able to be more fruitful grab hold of that and allow God to do that great work in you. Right. All right, would you pray with me? Love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. God, thank you for this time. It's been a, a hard time, a difficult time, frustrating time. All these amazing things, the, the violent, difficult, painful act of being pruned. But we thank you that we can trust you and your heart and your purpose. And so, God, right now, through your Holy Spirit, would you at this moment and every individual under my voice, would you bring to mind and help them start to think through what should go in my life and what should stay out of my life? Lord, even if we write a list, would you do that? What should come into my life and what should stay out of my life? With the goal that we're more fruitful that we love you deeper and we love our neighbors more effectively. Lead us that way even now, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.